What's up, everyone? I am Kyle Schudick, and welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast. I am so grateful to have you listening with me today. This podcast is an in-the-field approach to connect you to the stories and experiences of people who are or have had to overcome their battles, those who have chosen to stay in the fight. You're going to hear of resilience, perseverance, and persistence that hopefully relates and resonates with you to show you that you are not alone in your thoughts and feelings and experiences. Our aim is for you to extract a lesson, strategy, or tactic that you can integrate right now so that when things feel too overwhelming, you too can stay in the fight. Dave Berlin, welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast. I am excited that you accepted and that you're going to be on here. What's up, man? How are you? I am doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing okay. great. The, uh, the weather has finally broke in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. Uh, so I've survived my first summer. First summer. How hot did it get there? Uh, you know, actually, it only got up to like 118 maybe oh, was the hottest. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, uh, but I've been told and I believe it, it was a very, very mild summer compared to uh, you know, I've been here in summers in the past, uh, yeah. but it was very, very mild summer, but we finally, we finally broke that plane. So we're back in the nineties. In the nineties, you know, that's like uh, jacket weather, right? That's what we say in Houston. <laughs> it's, right. it's down the eighties and you're like, Oh, I could put on, I could put on pants now. Right. Yeah, yeah man. No, this is, this is excellent. So for anybody who doesn't know, I, I actually met Dave a couple of weeks ago at an, uh, a veteran event called operation impact, which is hosted by impact a hero. And Dave was uh, you were a presenter. Uh, you did one of the first presentations. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and when I heard about part of your story, I was like, this would be perfect for the podcast that we're getting running because I want to host a veteran, right? So uh, we'll get into that a veteran, you know, once a month at least so that way we can get some variation because I, I, I tie closely to, to, to that community, obviously. And, um, but ultimately what, what I want people to know right now is like, who are you? Who are you? Like, uh, so we know your name, right? Dave Berlin from, from, you know, Las Vegas, or you're living in Las Vegas, <laughs> living in right. Las, is that a, is that a movie living in Las Vegas? It could be. Yeah. Living in Las Vegas. But what are you really, uh, what are you up to right now? Yeah. So the, the big focus for me, um, is, uh, biggest fo- focus for me right now is influence and impact. I, mm-hmm. I really want to make a dent in the universe, right? So yeah. there's a couple, a couple of areas of focus that I have. Um, one is speaking. Uh, so I've been working on a topic um, for a couple years now, and it was actually what I talked about there at the uh, Operation Impact, mm. um, and I talk about building relationships. So that's called why networking. Um, it's one of those things. That's my contribution to the universe. I feel like that's going to be the book. Um, that's going to be uh, the course. That's going to be all those things. So so still working through all the details of that. Yeah. Um, and then more hyper-specific, um, I'm actually a, a city leader for Bunker Labs, so I um, am focused on helping veterans start and grow businesses. Uh, so we're going to be the, I think, the 30th chapter across the country to open up here in Las Vegas. Uh, so that's a hyper focus for me, all while maintaining my status as a veteran entrepreneur, speaking, yeah. consulting, uh, business development, that type of thing. Man, so it sounds like you have a lot on your plate right now. But yeah, and there's probably like three other things that take at least 20 hours a week of my time that I, I probably won't even get to. Oh, man. But yeah, so, you know, I figured you were, you were, a, you were a busy man doing great things for yourself and in the veteran community. And because that's one of I, both of our passions, like I love to be able to hear about that because I think we know and not a lot of people know is that the there's a lot of things that go on in the transition from uh, becoming a veteran to a civilian. And, and, and it's not always the, the easiest thing, right? As a matter of fact, most of the veterans that I talk to that look like they're doing well on the surface underneath are bubbling, right? Something's brewing underneath because it's, it's just not the, the same. Even if you only did three or four years, like it, there's a huge, massive transition you made in, in, in your life, right? The, the way that you see the world, the way that you see different things. And so um, what really kind of stuck out 
to, to me is like that impact that you're making, but you know, what, what ultimately, you know, brought you to where you are now. And so, because at many times, do you ever feel that, Hey, this is it. This is all I'm meant to, to be right. you know, not where you're at now, just back, back when, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can trace it all the way back to, you know, as I was getting ready to leave the Marine Corps, you know, I got out in 2003, you know, I went in pre nine 11, mm-hmm. uh, got out post nine 11. And I actually got out right before it got pretty, pretty intense for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but as I was preparing to leave, um, I had no idea what was on the other side of my transition. I had one big mm-hmm. goal and that goal was to work. Uh, I, w- I went back home to my small hometown and uh, just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to work. Uh, I wanted to have something that had, you know, impact on, on lives. Uh, but I didn't want to be, you know, I just didn't want to go law enforcement or things like that. So yeah. I went back home and in my hometown was a Thunderbird Youth Academy. And that was a, a at-risk boot camp mm-hmm. for life type oh, nice. scenario for high school dropouts. So uh, that's what I wanted to do. And man, I, I fought teeth and nail to get there. I used all my connections and I was able to uh, live into that dream. Yeah. But uh, little did I know what I was going to be set up for transition wise, right? I didn't know the challenges that were going to be there. And, and, you know, truth be told, even though we were on deployment for 9-11, we were the Ford deployed unit. Uh, we did Operation Enduring Freedom, you know, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Uh, it was very much political. There wasn't, you know, it's not as sexy as it sounds. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a combat veteran. But there's still so many challenges that we, we all face. Oh, absolutely. Again, just that that uh, uh, social awareness, the emotional intelligence that we have coming from such a big organization, how we look at the world. Uh, going back, it's, uh, you know, there's definitely some some challenges for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a thing a lot of people don't always associate. It's, we, we connect a lot to the combat veterans. We don't look, look at the ones today. How many veterans are actually deploying t- today? I mean, not, not a lot. We still have right. active pockets here and there. But their transition is just as similar, you know, as to a guy who maybe got out seven, eight years ago. Maybe the things that they're dealing with are a little different, you know, but still on the emotional front, still on the, the like you said, the social awareness and, and integrating back into a society that, that doesn't understand, right? Right. And so, we're, I, go ahead. Oh, oh, I think there's, there's something on both sides. There's sides that can trap yeah. us in our transition yeah. and make us start to isolate. But then there's also positive things on on every side of the transition uh, that we can focus on and move towards, uh, whether you're a combat veteran or not. So what were some of the traps that you ran up against? (sighs) Well, traps traps for me, um, just the the nature of the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine, I mean, it was very similar. I still kept a uniform on. You know, it was a quasi-military program. So some of the biggest traps for me was, you know, I came very much from a uh, this was a quasi-military program, so it was yeah. like ran mostly by the National Guard, um, and there was a lot of Army veterans and stuff like that, and it's never any uh, battle between branches. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it is. But in that case specifically, I came from a you know Marine Corps infantry, which was a very military organization. Very. So it was uh, the challenges for me were trying to acclimate and, um, I guess, not be crazy you know, uh, in just the way that I did things. And I was very diligent in getting stuff done. So a lot of my, a lot of my challenges came from communication, um, you know, trying not to treat everyone like Marines. Um, if that makes sense, it's, it's yeah. really easy to, um, be forward, be direct, get the job done. But in the civilian world, that can be, uh, a little abrasive, I think is the right word for it. I think it's because, you know, in that organization, you quickly learn how to speak the same language. And so you don't have to be as descriptive. You don't have to be as like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, I need you to do this, 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 in the least amount of words as possible. Then they already understand your expectation, right? And back in normal society, the air quotes, normal society is that you have to kind of be a little more deliberate. You have to be a little bit more uh, descriptive, right? And so it's, I find it that I would get frustrated you know, when somebody's eyes like, you don't understand what I'm saying because, well, I mean, they don't, right? Because <laughs> you're, you're using, you're using either lingo or words it, 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 that, that are shortened and abbreviated that anybody else that you used to work with would understand. And- yeah. I think in the Marine Corps, we have not only a very heightened sense of emotional intelligence, but we have the exact um, same level of uh, emotional communication skills. Yeah. Like we know how to, 
you know, we're on that same frequency. We all understand why we all understand how yeah. it's just a, the, the, the task or whatever it is, is just the vessel to, to get it done. Exactly. So how would you say, you know, going from that kind of life, right? And then you said, you know, you, you had some challenges and some of those traps, but how does it go from being, you know, very militaristic in a family? Cause we, we you come up in a family, you know, your, your brothers and sisters and in, 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 in the unit will infantry is mainly male. Right. But however, you know, that, uh, you know them all and you're always around each other. And so it makes it very easy. So how about when you are out, when you're done, when you are finished and you move back to maybe a home, you said you moved out to your hometown, right? Um, mm-hmm. into, in Oklahoma. And then how does that work into basically now you're no longer part of that family? And so what I'm thinking about is the silo, right? The, that we put ourselves in. Did you ever experience any of, of that effect? Yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, I, I was very grateful to still keep a uniform on and it was still there was still camaraderie there. And thankfully, there was other Marines mm-hmm. that worked there. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, and this goes all the way back to I mean, I got out in 2003. Yeah, it's hard for people to realize that I mean, this was actually before MySpace. Right? So before <laughs> what were the big Facebook social media and all that stuff. So, you know, how did we keep in touch? And I mean, you know, we just did our best to, to stay in touch with the people that we served with. Yeah. Um, thankfully, later as social media came, we were able to reconnect with some of those people. But yeah, for me, it was, uh, you know, I guess the, one of the challenges was trying to find that again. Um, obviously, anytime you get a couple of Marines together, it's easy to, to find friendships and find camaraderie. But when you don't serve with them on a daily basis, um, yeah, you, you definitely start to miss that. And it, it's challenging to to find other people oh, man. Uh, who believe what you believe or who have, who have been through that. that. That's one of the great things about, you know, our network as veterans is mm-hmm. we don't have to all be in the same unit to understand that we've all at least been part of the same, uh, same group. That is one of the beautiful things I love about all these organizations and especially the big thing we're doing here in Houston, which we have combined arms, which has like, you know, 40 plus different organizations, but you can drop into any one of those and you feel like you belong. I've been to some bunker lab events, uh, that were hosted and it there's there's no uh judgment you know there there might be the the little plays between like oh yeah you're army and navy and all like right. we always we always will have those spats it'll never go away so anytime you run up against a navy guy or an air force guy or an army guy right you're, you, you have those little jokes already ready but nobody ever takes great offense however i see that we can fall back into those things but one thing i did notice too is that sometimes it can be a trap right there again so we go into the silo of loneliness of, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to seek out all these other veterans, but then we keep ourselves in the silo of staying strictly in the veteran community. And right. So, and that's, go ahead. that's definitely a challenge for a lot of people. I've seen that as well. Yeah. So did, did that ever happen to you? I know it happened to me, right? I know it did. I was like, I'm going to strictly stay in this lane because these are the people who know me, but then you look on the outside, the other 99% of the United States of the world who have never experienced that you completely close yourself off and it can be very damaging. Yeah, it's really, man, you bring up a very good point. One of the things that I see is one of the biggest challenges, especially in serving veterans. Uh, this is something I'm even struggling with now, oh, yeah? right? Because when people ask me what I do and I say, you know, my first step is to say, oh, I help veterans start and grow businesses. Um, then people think I only work with veterans and they almost silo me out on my own. Wow. And then they think that I can only work with veterans. and you know, just for an example, I'm hosting uh, my first event coming up here in October. And uh, I got into kind of a little, I don't want to say a battle with somebody on Instagram. She sent me a direct message and said, you know, why did you market to me? It's somebody that I'd followed here in the community. And when she asked me what I did, I said, I help veterans start and grow businesses. She says, I'm not a veteran. And I was like, okay, well, the, the event is called Why Networking. And the event is how I actually connect all types of people in the community. And I work with other people that aren't veterans. That's just my passion. And so then, and then she just continued on and I I stopped the conversation, but she's like, why would you market to me if I'm not a veteran? And I've had, I've had a ton of people think that in the past, they're like, because I talk about veteran stuff and I help veterans, most people think that that's all I do. Mm -hmm. And that's impossible. You know, one of the things, one of the things in working with the veteran community is there are people that have, maybe they have it isolated, but they've made that choice to not identify as a veteran because they've probably been isolated for that. Right. So Mm, there's some people that I talk to, uh, there's even somebody that's huge in the podcast community that doesn't say that he's a veteran. 
And I was like, mm. man, I would definitely do that because it, it shines a light and that light is going to be what inspires other veterans to maybe step outside of their comfort zone, but oh, Hey, man. to each his own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of the biggest challenges for me is, um, do I only work with veterans or, you know, how do I work with other people? How do I communicate with other people? And to me, it's, it's really just building, you know, building relationships before that title yeah. um, and, and giving everybody a fair shot. If they're a veteran, that's a bonus because a lot of times I can point them in other directions. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, that's been a really big challenge for me. I'd say in the last five years, especially when I really took on that path to, to start inspiring veterans. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, it's random today. Uh, I woke up to the Facebook memory. It was incredible. Uh, it was five years ago today that I did uh, that I did a TED talk. Oh yeah, I saw um, that. that. That was my first public yeah. talk. But what was interesting about that um, is that you know it was a civilian that helped me, you know, put that event together. Right? You know, we we worked together. She just knew that I had a passion for for speaking about mm. uh, you know speaking about veteran transition, and that's where that whole conversation began. But Along the way, I can tell you, man, I've went broke like five times, Ooh. you know, uh, yeah. because it's like it always led me to filling the heart bucket, yeah. but emptying the bank account. So that's man. always been the big challenge. You know, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, one of the, one of the questions we, we really look at is, you know, what experience and circumstances have you had that, that, that feel that you've maybe got to stop where you're at? And I, right now we know you're pushing forward because you're making great strides. Uh, you know, I got the chance to talk to you uh, before this and what you're doing is, is, is amazing no matter what you're coming up against. So what are some of the current, you know, things that you're facing now? Because it seems like a lot of these things are recurring patterns, right? Like uh, the bank account goes empty, the, you get siloed into being the veteran only person. And, and I think that can happen whenever you make a move. Whenever you make another transition outside of the transition getting out of the military is then you go to one town and to the next and to the next and you kind of like it almost seems like a reoccurring nightmare and nightmare is a very bad word to use for that but you got to almost like kickstart it again so we know that you know what you're propelling forward to is is, is amazing but let's go kind of through one of those let's start at the beginning of that that transition like where the bank account is empty and you're kind of starting at at, at you know ground zero right at just the base at you know Floor number one, you know, as right. you're moving up that ladder. Well, one of the things that I think I've learned is that everything comes in seasons, right? Mm. Um, the great thing about that is we get to identify the season. We get to identify the goal yeah. and we get to set the boundaries to say, okay, at this point, you know, at this goal point, let's say it's a year. If after a year we don't reach these certain benchmarks, then maybe we need to sit down and review and say, do we pivot? Or do we push through? Yeah. Um, the thing, and the reason why I've identified those seasons is because I've been through a handful. I mean, if you really look back over the last, you know, five or six years, I've probably done successfully probably 50 different things or projects, Man. right? But if you look at my, my title through those, I've only changed business cards probably four times. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's always been in addition to I'm doing something else while I'm in this role. I'm also serving mm. a whole nother community. Um, I think that the biggest question to ask yourself um, at each one of those seasons is for this season. What is the most important? Is it influence? Oh. Is it impact or is it income? And I can tell you the I'm not even going to say it's a mistake that I made because it's, it's all been worth it. Um, I think so many times I chose influence or impact and I thought that the income would just come with that. And, and oftentimes it didn't. So I would always find myself working uh, in another vessel to, you know, fund that passion or fund that dream. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the tricky things about anything in the veteran community is, you know, there's some things that are for profit. There's some things mm -hmm. that are nonprofit. It's a very fine line. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll get hung out to dry if, if people feel like you're, you're getting rich off of yeah. uh, the blood, sweat and tears of, of veterans. And, and I've had people that have challenged me on that. I mean, I've had people that have, you know, public hating campaigns and all that stuff oh, because God. they think that I'm just getting rich. And I'm like, dude, can <clears> I borrow a thousand bucks? Because <laughs> I'm definitely not rich. Right. Um, if, if you only knew. <laughs> right. That, right. That, is a, that is a hard thing, though, because, you know, somebody had asked me, you know, if I ever uh, and some other people I know, like if you ever did any of the work that you want to, you know, do with, with people, if you did it with veterans, like, why wouldn't you charge them? And I'm like, well, 
here's, here's the deal. Like I, I was in that space and I know the free resources that I can go to as a veteran because they are out there. I, however, I also do know the other side is that when I, I also pay for what I get. Right. Right. And so, uh, but a lot of the times I think we also will feel, I would feel guilty because I come from that space. And I think people on the outside would look at a lot of the people on the outside only see the nonprofit world. Right. Exactly. There is that fine, fine balance that, um, you're right. I, th I think when you mentioned, you know, uh, for this season, what is the most important, the influence, impact, or income? And sometimes, you know, what, what I see right now is you're kind of highlighting all three. Like, I really do. I see, see that, you know, you're, you're doing what you can because you got to make your living, right? The right. impact that you're making and the impact that you're making. And does it necessarily only have to be the one? Or can you focus, like, can you say these all need to be, like, you know, in harmony? Is that what you're No, you're, you're right. And, and sometimes you can have harmony. It's just... Um, what I've, what I've learned is that so often I only focused on the first two and mm -hmm. I thought okay. that it would naturally happen yeah. on, on the income. What I have to focus on now is I have to focus on the income and the rest of it will, you know, it'll actually give me more opportunity to have more influence and more impact. You know, when mm -hmm. we went to the, I was at the really thankful, I, I, I came on board with Bunker Labs back in June. We went to the annual conference and it was at Starbucks headquarters. Oh, wow. And, you know, I've actually, I've known about Bunker Labs for about three years. I was trying to bring them to Tulsa back in 2016. And um, it's just amazing, a, a true testimony to the idea of why networking of how I've been in Vegas for less than a year. I got reconnected to that, that organization before they even opened here. And now I'm a city leader for Bunker Labs. So it's really neat how that comes full circle. But I remember in the very first meeting, you know, look around. These are the people who are just like me, right? Yeah. These are the people who are in the same fight. We care about veterans. You know, there's, there's all kinds of opportunity to help people when it comes to, you know, education, employment. Our big focus is entrepreneurship. So we, we help veterans mm -hmm. start and grow businesses, right? So we yep. give them, a, or we, we teach them to fish versus just giving them a fish. Yeah. So, so with that, in the right room with all the right people, uh, I remember, and I, I'm paraphrasing it, but one of the things they said was, if you are not using this title and this opportunity to grow your business, you can't be a city leader for Bunker Labs. Oh, wow. Right? It gets us at the, all the right tables for us to, to make business happen in our community, but it goes back to just the basic fundamentals of an emergency, right? You have to put your mask on before you help other people. So I can't. I can't help people if I'm broke. I can't teach people yeah. things if I'm broke. I can't travel to go do a workshop if yep. I'm broke. Yep. Um, so how can I help more people? So mm. that's been the biggest challenge uh, and the biggest lesson learned in the last probably you know three months. Uh, so that's where I launched the event coming up in October. Um, honestly, it's the first event that I've ever charged uh, ticketed pricing for right wow. and, and the tickets aren't crazy expensive but for me it's the biggest step that I've ever taken um you know in in my growth to say hey I do need to charge for this when I did the event in Oklahoma last year uh before I moved um I think I had 140 people RSVP in five days yeah and um we opened up another 70 tickets and those went in another five days Wow. And th those were free tickets, yeah. right? I think 160 people ultimately ended up joining. Um, this one, I'm only doing 60 people. I think I'm charging like 15, 15 bucks for, for early bird and 20 bucks um, for the other. But like that's, most people would be like, oh, that's nothing. But to me, that's the biggest step that I've ever taken in, you know, charging for, for an event. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, that, that is something that when we're so tied to a passion, right? When we're so tied to this, we're focused on the service, whatever else, I almost think we kind of devalue ourselves, right? We're like, oh, well, what I'm doing, you know, if I, if I, it's, it's almost like that internal valuation that you have. It's like, well, if I charge for this, you know, then people are going to see me as being uh, um, greedy or they're going to see me as being, you know, uh, well, I would just say greedy, right? You're trying to do a money grab instead of looking at it from the value perspective. It's like, this is the value you bring. Now, I know the value you bring, even in the short time that I've known you, is that the, you know, what your drive and your motivation and what your, you know, your inspiration is, is the talk that you gave at the Operation Impact was amazing. And looking at that, sometimes I think we can still get st stuck on that too. And from a veteran perspective, I almost really see that because, you know, one, we worked for beans, <laughs> literally, yeah. right? And, and, and two, uh, 
you know, it's almost hard for us to come out and just ask right off the bat because we are service oriented people. If you, if you volunteer to go into the military, you're very service oriented. You have to be like, there's no doubt about it. And so sometimes I, I, I watch that happen to people, uh, especially other veterans like, okay, well, can I really ask for this? Because uh-huh. it's something that I should just be doing by nature because it's a good thing to do. Yeah. What's your no, you're hundred percent right. But it's, yeah. it's funny because I'm, I'm also a product of, of all the meme all the meme stuff that goes out. Right. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of stuff that reminds me, yeah. you know, that sometimes, sometimes we have to, we have to charge, you know, um, yeah. again, $15, 20 bucks for tickets that that's food and alcohol included, by the way, like that's included oh, wow. with registration. Nice. Plus I'm, I'm giving the talk and I'm connecting people at a much higher level. But, but the biggest thing for me, uh, in making that step mm-hmm. is that, um, I, I have to remind myself that um, it's not just what they're paying for the time, mm. right? It's yeah. it's all the experience uh, that I've I've had over the last five years putting this together. That's that's what they're getting. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's not yeah. the, it's not the two hours. I mean, because if you broke that down, and I've literally had people break down my services before by the hour and be like, yeah. "Wait, you're charging this much per hour?" It's like, no, like you forget about the ten thousand hours. Yeah. That that I've been doing to actually be able to do this for you in two hours or, or three hours. Um, that's where the value comes in. So how did you, you know, aside from the value that you assigned to this, to this uh, event, so how did you finally look back, you know, part of the, part of this, part of the stay in a fight thing for me is to go back and dig in to the, 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 the bring it shit that you have, right? Like this is like, I am no, to dig back into your inner badass. It's basically like I like to put it, right? Because at one point in time, all of us had have likely felt, you know, that it could be that one indiscriminate second that I just felt like undefeated, you know, undefeatable, und- whatever, right? I can't be beat. Uh, and then we just suddenly lose that again. And so when you said, when you said that this is the 10,000 hours of, you know, work that I had put into my life that is going to bring this value in just this two hours. And that's how I signed to it. So part of that to me is like, how do you go back? How do you get introspective? What do you do to go back and kind of affirm that I am Dave Berlin and I am a badass who's going to bring a lot of value because that's the thing I, I watch people that can't, they can't uncover it because it's there. I don't believe that you find it again. I just believe yeah. that you, you, you know, and, uh, this is kind of counterintuitive to another talk that I had, but I, I said, no, I'm not talking about finding, I am talking about, you know, pulling off the, doing the Superman, right? <laughs> Out of the phone, right. off the shirt, and there you are. So how do yeah. you, what do you do to dig into that? Like, well, you know. well, thankfully, I've been very grateful to uh, work with a lot of people like you, where <laughs> we can, we can actually capture this, yes. right? So honestly, uh, when I look back, I look at social media as, as one of the greatest tools mm. because just today, again, I woke up this morning, uh, you know, it's Monday for a lot of people, uh, yep. for Monday, it's, it's Monday for me as well. Um, and I, I hit snooze, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then when I looked over and I saw the memories pop up, I realized that it was five years ago that I did the Ted talk. And so Facebook memories, uh, has been a huge oh, vessel cool. for me to remind me of some of the great things that I've done. Yeah. Um, and, and the challenges that I've overcome, but then I've also been able to capture, um, a lot of that progress in conversations like this, you know, I mm. I've done, uh, some great, uh, podcast episodes with, you know, I did one with, um, another veteran group back when, uh, John Lee Dumas was doing like a, a mastermind group for veterans. And, um, I've done a handful of different little podcast talks or I've done videos and things like that. So a lot of times I'll, I'll watch those. And I'll, I'll sort of forget about some of those conclusions that I'd come to, those big yeah. epiphanies that were were life-changing at the time. And slowly I'll go back through and I'll put some of those pieces together. And those are what become my confidence anchors. Those are what become the things to remind me like, hey, remember when you were scared shitless, right? You know, mm. you I, I saw the picture. I posted it today whenever I spoke it at the TED Talk. But what you won't see is the night before when I was ready to quit. Oh man. Right. I I was literally ready to quit because when we did the rehearsal, like it just, it wasn't fitting right. I had so much pressure. I mean, just a little backstory. I set the goal to do a Ted talk. Yeah. Um, in 2013 and I, I wrote it, I pitched the universe, the idea that in 10 years, I'm going to do this right in 10 years, Mm -hmm. I gave myself plenty of time that gives me time to go out and make all the impact that I would then need. 
And it was 14 months later um, through the power of my network that somebody yeah. put the event together and, and I was able to take Dang. that stage, but so much pressure, right? You know, how, like this, what happens if I screw up and the night before it just wasn't working. And then I was about to quit and I was leaving and the guy that was shooting video was a really good friend of mine. And he pulled me aside and he said, Hey, I know what you want to do. You want to quit. He mm. goes, just remember you're an entertainer. And he's like, and you're practicing to an empty room. He goes, when you walk around that corner tomorrow night, I promise you it'll just make sense. So when I went home, you know, normally I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So I would like rip everything apart and I was like, <laughs> he write the world's greatest speech oh, wow. ever. But instead I went home, I got some rest. The next day I put in my, my earbuds and I walked all around downtown just listening to some of the other podcasts and stuff that I'd been on. And I took pieces of those, those epiphanies. Yeah. And I virtually, I almost rewrote the whole speech that day. Um, and I just made it simpler mm. where I could talk about it. And then that's what, uh, that's what propelled me for. And I only use that as one example because yeah. that's one of my confidence anchors. Now, every time before I do an event or every time before I go to a stage, like I remember that. And there were so many great lessons learned that it just makes it easier for the next time. So I, I use history um, to reaffirm and remind me uh, of how I got here and, and what I'm capable of. You know, I find that being a difference between connecting like, uh, so that you said confidence anchor. I love that term. Confidence anchor is a, is a great term to put it, right? I haven't heard it put that way. But a lot of people say, you know, don't dwell on your past and everything else. But your past can also connect you to the things that you're awesome at. And so the one thing that I've done and I sat down with my wife one day, especially when I was going through one of those moments. And she goes, make a list of all the bullshit that's in your head right now. And so I did that, right? I had a piece of paper or I had the whiteboard. Well, that's my kids took over that thing. But um, the, you know, I made a list and the list was maybe 10 or 11 things, right? That were the repetitive, right? Just bullshit <laughs> that, yeah. that we have. And then she goes, make a list of all the things that you've done that are amazing, right? You know, and part of that being a father, being a husband, being the deployed Marine, being, you know, all these things, which is three times longer than the list of bullshit. And I'm like, yeah. but why don't we tap into that? Like what happens, you know, why don't we tap into that? You know, what, what makes those, those 10 things highlight way more than the 30 things. Now the list is probably a lot longer than that, but I was, I gave myself like three minutes to provide it. It's the same thing. How, how do we, why don't we tap in those confidence anchors? Why don't we sit there and do that? Because a lot of times, man, and, and I see this in, in everybody, you know, alone is it's, it's just the, this isn't what I've done before. You know, I've, the, for some reason they can't make the correlation they can't make the correlation between the similar event that they were very badass at and then the one that they ultimately fell on their, on their face. Yeah. You know, it's funny, um, man, this is a tough topic, but I believe that adversity is contagious mm. and, but on the, on the other side of that coin, so is confidence. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is why, um, even just saying this, it's hard for me to say this, which is why I don't participate in anything uh, and, and I'll probably get a lot of haters for this, but it's just, it's how I feel. I don't participate in anything on the, the, the 22, uh, the 22 pushups or any of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't get into that because to me that, that conversation can become very contagious, mm. but on the other side of that, so can confidence and growth, which is why I care so much about, uh, that's why I got so involved with, um, what the team at Operation or at, at Impact the Hero is yep. doing with the post-traumatic growth yeah. um, and, and really fueling that. So I really like to fuel that side of the conversation. Um, it's it's the, the basic fundamentals. It's in your sales books and all that stuff. It's like whichever dog you feed gets stronger, Yep. right? So I want to feed the the confidence dog and, mm. and get that, that sucker all beefed up. You know, it's so funny you say that. I have a very similar uh, I have a very similar experience. I support the 22. I, don't get me wrong. I will absolutely. Hey guys, if you want to go out and do that thing, that is great because I, those people need it, but I want to support them on the opposite side, right? The confidence, the growth, like we know that the, I choose growth, right? We know how much that can do. We know the therapy or the, the training or anything that we've gone through can also take somebody back. The whole reason why, you know, the I'm ramping up the stay in the fight thing is because that is going to become the battle cry that people are going to be like, fuck it, man. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to stay in it because that is a side that we need instead of, I don't know, being the, 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 how do we say it? You know, I'm not saying negative cause it's not, it's just, you're right. You know, it's two sides of the same or it's two sides of the coin, 
But if we choose the confidence, we choose the growth, we choose the way forward, right? Then, then we kind of know what can be on the other side. Like, it sounds like you've built a lot of like, you know, you know, you've kind of built where you want to go and you've built it before you even got there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of the other, that's one of the other concepts for me, you know, man, in a, in a world of all the growth and, you know, personal professional development, all that stuff, it's really hard to find an original topic it is. Uh, or an original idea. Um, I mean, even, even the whole concept of why networking, I really just took all the conversations that I, I've seen every networking group I've been a part of every group relationships are important and all that stuff. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I add some texture to that? You know, some mm -hmm. of my friends have written great books on it. Uh, David Berkus, um, he's a professor, professor at ORU. Okay. Um, you know, he's got a great podcast, but he wrote a book called friend of a friend, you know, yeah. it's just a, the whole idea of how we're all connected. Um, how do I, how do I make my own flair on that? And, yeah. and for me, you know, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. And I'm a, I'm a facilitator. I connected with their organization a couple of years ago uh, when I was first starting out with the veteran transition stuff. And I became a facilitator for the Y Discovery course to help people, uh, to help people, you know, discover their purpose and communicate that. Um, and then whenever I really just heard that networking topic over and over and over and over again, I was like, could it really just be that simple? Let's just put a Y, a Y in front of it, so it's <laughs> yeah. Y networking. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other ideas is uh, very similar to the law of attraction and things like that. And I call it uh, pitch the universe, mm. right? So the idea of pitching the universe is that when you really get intentional about what it is that you want and what it is that you see, um, you can um, bring that to life, right? You know, Absolutely. You start to you know, change your frequency to that. Um, so much of this all came from one article that I wrote uh, in a, in a daily challenge for like a 24 day challenge to, to break outside of your comfort zone. And you had to write a time magazine article uh, about yourself from the future. Ooh. Right. So in 2013, I wrote the time time magazine article about when I did my first Ted talk in 2023. Right. So I, th I think I wrote it from like 2040. I wrote it from that perspective and I basically told the whole story before I, before I got there. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, it kind of freaked me out, but once it came to life, that's when I realized like, wow, that's, that's something pretty powerful. And then, and since then I really tried to be in, intentional about helping people, you know, understand their vision and understand how to get, get some of that stuff together. But the glue that brings it all together for all of us is the, uh, the, the relationships. Yeah. It, it is so important. I would say, I would say, it is on my top, like the top two things I look at are the vision, the relationships, right? Because the vision, but I also then have to look at who's around me then, right? Right. So look at who's around, like you said, you said it. So I'm going to put it in the context of how you explained it for me and how I get this is that, okay, this is the vision that I set for myself. And it's very important. You know, it's very important to, to, to see where you're going. And, and sometimes for me is to step into that like actual part, like maybe I can set myself in the future. And then when I look, I, then I have to, then when I, you know, I virtually close my eyes or I actually do it. Who am I with? Who, yeah. Who's there? Who's there supporting me? And if it's somebody that, you know, it's in my circle, but not in my sphere, right? They're on the outer ring of the, their Pluto. We can't decide if they're a planet or not, right? right? How do I make them the planet? How does that happen? Because there might be somebody that I see that, you know, maybe we're connected with like, Dave, I, I need to meet this guy because he is totally the person that um, is in my vision of the future. Who's going to connect me here and who's going to connect me here and from a good place, right? because this is what I'm trying to do. And if I tell them what I'm trying to do, they're going to see it because I know the kind of person they are. So, yeah, I mean, that is like, that is amazing. The, the vision and the, the, the relationships, right? And I think we yeah. do relationships a lot. I really, I mean, we're very, for being such a connected social media society, we're very disconnected. <laughs> like it's insane. The amount of like non-connectivity that actually happens. So what you're doing is a great thing, man. Well, the, the thing for me is, you know, when it comes to, it goes to how we spend our time, right? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, TV is not really a thing anymore, right? So a yeah. lot of people don't really follow that stuff. But if you follow the news or if you watch TV shows and things like that, um, you know, people binge watch shows all the time. And that's great. That's a little bit of an escape. And maybe yeah. they get connected to something. But what's interesting about that whole world is you'll almost never meet those people. Nope. Right? Um, you'll never meet those people. Um, even, even in sports, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of turned off by a lot of sports because, um, 
you know, I was just watching some stuff. We were talking about Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City, and then yeah. now he's going to a different team or whatever. I know some people that were like total, like completely destroyed. Like their whole lives were flipped upside down. Yeah. And I'm just like, Kevin Durant has no idea who you are. Yeah, no clue. And and right. and he, you've let him like ruin your life, yeah. right? What's interesting is on the other side of that, again, in the, in the world where we come from, I choose growth, post-traumatic yeah. growth, reading, stuff like that. What's interesting, you know, I'm looking at my stack of books. When I, when I really got intentional about reading, I didn't even pick up a book until I was 30. But the first one wow. that somebody gave me was Think and Grow Rich. And the whole idea of the mastermind, uh, you know, before I go to any whiteboard session or any of that stuff, uh, depending on if it's marketing or any of that, I can literally sit inside the voice of the people that I've learned from by reading their books. Yeah. And I can, I can almost guess what they would say in, in like a, a little brainstorm session uh, in a mastermind group. I can, I can almost bet, you know, who would be against my idea, what they would say. Um, but, but in that, you know, for the people, for the books of, you know, some of my heroes, the people that I, I love and have inspired me the most, some of those people are my friends now. Yeah. Right. Because I, whenever I reach out to them and say, Hey, like this really helped me. And I share their book with everybody I meet and I talk about them all the time and I, I'd follow them around and go see them speak. Um, I've hosted events to help them sell books and stuff before. Um, for that, they're really grateful because in this world, in the world of writing books and growth, we're, we're looking for validation to, to see that people believe what we believe. Mm -hmm. And when they do, we need help. <laughs> we need help to get this, this word out even more. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I have, I have people that it, it's still weird to say that I have fans, but there's people that will buy whatever I'm doing just because they believe in me. Um, yeah. and for those people, you know, anytime that they call and reach out, I mean, I'll always take a call and yeah. if they're working through something, I try to help the best that I can, but we can't do this on our own. No. So to me, the relationships really do matter. Um, and, and, Gosh, I mean, without some of those people, I wouldn't be sitting here in Las Vegas today. That, you make a very valid point, you know, in being intentional who you reach out with, like you said, the, the, are you ever going to meet Kevin Durant? Am I ever going to meet, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm a big Astros fan being from Houston and all that, but, and, right. and they'll be on my TV. Like there's usually noise in the background just so we're not sitting in a silent house because I don't have music playing because, well, quite frankly, I got two kids running around the music. <laughs> right. But you know, it's something that's on the background. However, does it dominate our thinking? And I think a lot of people get connected to those other uh, realities, right? They get connected mm -hmm. to all those, those other things. And while, you know, I think TV kind of, especially for people who choose growth can be on the decline. I do have the one or two shows that we use as an escape, but it's not like the dominating, if it doesn't come on, oh, no big deal. But then looking at who you can connect to, what was really interesting, and I'm going to go back to that, is you said you connected to a few authors. And I actually picked up one of the books that you said. I, picked, I sent you a picture of it. I, uh, John Acuff's Do-Over, right? Yep. And, and that is an author that you said you've connected with and you've actually become friends with, right? Right. Um, yeah, he's by hands down, he is the most impactful author uh, of all of my growth. It was his book, Start. Yeah. Um, that, that really inspired me to, uh, it was part of the start group. There was a group online, um, about 2000 people showed up to that group. Oh, wow. Um, at the time he just, he posted a thing. It said, Hey, uh, who wants to go on an adventure, bring a machete, uh, this post closed in 24 hours and like 2000 people signed up. And in fact, if you look in, in that do over book, if you have the physical copy in the I back. Do he has all the names of all those people that were in that group. Really? Um, and all those people, we're still all connected all over the country. And we're all, you know, there's so many of us that are, that are all doing big things. And it came from that one, that one book, that one small group that started, uh, it evolved over time. And, and so many of those people are just doing great things. But uh, when, when I talk about John, um, <laughs> I, I say, I say he makes me laugh so hard yeah. uh, that I cry. And he makes me think so hard that I changed the world around me. Um, Dude. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the, the most impactful people. But, you know, it, it was so funny because when, when I set the goal, he, you know, he followed a lot, of, a lot of all of us and what we're all working on. And it was this day five years ago that I did the TED Talk. Um, he, was, he happened to be in Oklahoma City the very next week. Um, and I went, I went to go see him speak. He was speaking at a, a Panera Bread for like, 30 people. And he was just, you know, always out. If he's traveling, he was just going to, you know, do a pop-up talk. And, uh, I had him sign my, my Ted talk speaker bag, badge. Mm. You know what I mean? That uh, is I awesome. Ran, I ran into him again a couple times. And then later, 
uh, whenever he was writing Do Over, he let me host and help promote an event for uh, when he did the book signing in Tulsa. So, uh, so yeah, it's just it's been phenomenal to see uh, some of those relationships, you know, go a lot further. That's insane. Yeah, there, there, there you are, right, there is, yeah. right there, Dave Berlin, <laughs> right in the back of the book. Now I had it, I had it on the shelf, so it's I've got uh, I'm reading uh, Call Sign Chaos right now because well, uh, going to see Mattis tonight, by the way. Um, so that'll be awesome. Nice. So I had to elevate that one up so I could at least get through part of it. So when he talks, I could, you know, at least like follow, follow along. Um, but the, yeah, the do-overs on like my, on my, it's in that 10 stack of 10. I always keep a stack of 10 so I can always elevate. And sometimes they move up Good. and down because well, you know, got to prioritize, yeah. but I don't think a lot of people look at that. It's, it's funny you mentioned that authors, right? That, um, sometimes we even elevate authors more than, than anybody else. Like they're not accessible but a lot of them are, you know, the everyday people, and especially now, I think there's a lot more authors that you can reach out to. Uh, there's one guy yeah. and he'll be on the podcast and he's local to me. His name's Tony Watley, wrote a book called Size Hustle Millionaire and he's accessible. Like they're literally somebody you can be like, look, if you, and I'm very sure if you wrote them, especially yeah. if you're in the choosing growth path and you're, and you're starting to read, right? Yeah. You could just send them an email and be like, Hey, this yeah. book impacted my life. And more times than not, they're going to say, you know, amazing. Like, what, what did you like about it? They're, they're actually going to engage in conversation. Yep. And or they'll connect you to somebody in your community yeah. uh, that can. Yeah. So that, I think that's a big thing that we skip over, especially if you're starting to read now, if it's, don't get me wrong, if it's like Tony Robbins book or something like that, that might be a little more difficult. <laughs> However, yeah. a lot of the authors that you'll find are very accessible. If you look at, uh, well, now she blew up. If you look at Brene Brown just years ago, she was just a researcher right here in Houston at University of yep. Houston. And she was very accessible. Now it's a little different because she's really elevated. But at some point yeah. in time, look at where you can catch them before they before they really catch the wave. And yeah. that connect connection there too. I mean, it's all about the connection. I love how you put it. It's all about the connection, the networking, and the, the relationships, man. And look well, what you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna and look look what you did. I mean, you attached to an author who's like I've heard so many people, and maybe that's just because now I know his name, like, and can identify the cover, not just the name. Um, that have dropped that name in a, in a, in a, uh, in a video or maybe in a, in a, um, in a post, you know, Hey, what do you recommended reading? This is what I'm reading right now. And I'm like, we're totally not in the same sphere, but you know, he had two of those books on there, you know? So that's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, influential an author can be who may not even be like the big, you know, names, not like a, like a Tom Clancy, right. Or something, which is more fiction, but you know what I mean? Like they're they're still in these circles. Well, he also challenged me. I mean, whenever, when I read Do Over, like it just clicked. The, the quick preface of the, the book, it's about transition, right? And, mm-hmm. and the idea of Do Over, and, and he wrote it from a very personal space because he quit working for Dave Ramsey. That was his dream job and, and he quit, right? So what happens when you transition? And sometimes it's voluntary, sometimes it's involuntary. Like how do you be prepared for that? And when I read it at the time, I was on fire for veteran stuff. I was just like, John, I was like crying. I was like, John, this is amazing. This is going to be huge for veterans. And he's like, I didn't even write it for veterans. I was like, yeah, but talk about transition. That's the ultimate do over. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you're right. And I'll never forget. He just goes, Hey, you want to write a blog about that from and I'll post it on my blog. Now I'd never written a blog before. Yeah. And I'm a perfectionist. So my, my instant instinct is to freak out and, lose my mind, but I used that confidence anchor, right? It was his book that inspired me to do the Ted talk. I was like, well, I've done a Ted talk. How, you know, how hard could a blog be? But when he just said, Hey, let's keep it simple. What are five things that this book is going to do? You know, what, what are five ways that this is going to speak to veterans? And I wrote that article and man, it's, I forgot, I forgot about it until just now, but like, it's one of the best things that I've ever written. Uh, And it was just a couple hundred words. You know what I mean? And it was just, that opportunity, I think at the time he had like, I don't know, half a million people on the blog or something. Wow. Um, and that, that opened up a few cool conversations. So you just um, never know, man. You yeah. I mean, know. you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe Kevin Durant might sign my Jersey. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, we're not going to get to go to lunch and hang out. <laughs> right. Um, and, and the last point on that, and, and this is for all you people out there that are really big sports fans, but I see people get really bent out of shape. Um, and John talks about this too. It's like, don't tell me that you're chasing your dream and then show me your perfect fantasy football team. Mm. Right. Um, but to me, it's like when, when people get in it, like, imagine if you took, you know, your top 10 favorite authors and put together your fantasy, uh, growth team, 
of yeah. people behind you and you could literally know everything about them, tweet, you know, all their quotes and all that stuff. And what if you had them in your corner helping you build yourself, build your brand, build your business or whatever. Um, if you really focus on that, then I would almost bet no, no matter who the 10 people are, one of them you're probably going to end up finding is, is really accessible. Uh, and that changes, that changes everything. Man, it does change everything. It's funny. You, you mentioned that in the top 10 authors, uh, uh, Tim Stroud mentions that in like, he has his, his, his round table, right. Of people he goes to, which is like, you know, one of them could be like Abraham Lincoln or somebody else, but somebody who is highly accessible through reading, right. Who, yep. who puts out, you know, um, just who, or, and it could be any era, right. But you, you can literally go into their head because what they write comes from their heart and their head, right. It comes yeah. from thoughts and the way they've, you know, articulated things. is isn't just, you know, going out and putting up numbers on a court or in a field. It's literally, you know, sinking their soul into something, you know, and helping you. And you don't even have to see it their way. That's the whole point of this right here is like, I'm not asking them to step into Dave Berlin's shoes. What I'm asking them to do is to look at what he's experienced and that maybe it may be something very similar. And I could give that a try. I could go out and build relationships. I could try that. I could look at the seasons of my life and see what I'm focusing on. You know, the, the idea is to, to, to integrate one thing, the one, I don't care what it is just to hear what you've experienced and say, man, that sounds eerily similar, you know? And then the other thing is to, to make you accessible to more people. That's yep. the whole point. And like, that's, I, that's what authors do for, for us. And I think if we start building our networks, if we start getting out a little bit more and just meeting people, maybe one new person a week, look how much growth we can experience. Personally, that, that's me. Like last year, I decided to do more and more networking and then um, outside of just the veteran community. And it's opened me up to a whole host of people that I'm not even just hosting veterans on this thing. Originally, this idea was just for vets. And I was like, that's doing a disservice, right? It is. Yeah, they absolutely. need it. But, you know, like you said, we get stuck in that silo. And I was like, no, 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 no. I know I'm a veteran. I know this is a community that, I, that I'm very passionate about, very passionate about. But, you know, you're right. Build, build all that up. And now you have all these different things that you can just extract from and, and have conversations without even having that conversation. I love how you put that, man. That is, that is great. Your fantasy, your fantasy growth team, that is going to, that needs to become a thing. <laughs> we need to, we need to come up with like a sexier name for it though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's and then we can thing. charge people money to, to do, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just definitely something that you can come up and say, Hey, what are you, you, who are you reading right now? You know, one of the big things I have on my wall, I have the man, man, the arena is right here. Right. And I look at that yeah. and I look at it and you know, it's, it's obviously widely popular now, even more with Darren greatly coming out, but it's been on my wall. Like it's there. I stare at it, you know? And even when I'm doing this number and it's like, okay, I can still be this. Even if I just do the one thing, you know, go out and meet somebody or you know, create a post. It'll be great. I love how you put that man. Like that is amazing. Well, to me, yeah, to me, I, I do a lot of audio, right? Yeah. I love audio. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really, you know, for a few of the, for a few of my favorite authors, um, I hear their voice. Yeah. I, I literally like Jen, Jen Sincero is another yeah. Yeah. Uh, huge confident anchor for me. And I've actually, I've never read You're a Badass. I read You're a Badass at Making Money. Um, oh, yeah. And that, that's been one of the big breakthroughs. That's actually part of why I charge for the event that I have coming up is I've, I learned that I had a very fundamental um, um, reality with money that doesn't serve me. Mm. And so that's been a big, that's been a really big thing of growth for the last two years uh, as I've been reading that book. Now I, I did get a chance to meet Jen as well. Yeah. And just like everybody, I had her take a picture uh, with my gigantic boom box. And she, I love she actually autographed it. She autographed the back of it. So, um, but she's one of my spirit animals. And when I say spirit animal, like, Anytime that I'm thinking about things about money, I can hear her voice. Yeah. Um, whenever I, whenever I write anything, anything, it's almost like I, I write it and I can hear John's voice yeah. when I write it because they've been so impactful. Mm. Um, and I really have to tap into that. Uh, it's almost like if they were right, right there in my corner coaching me or, or riding shotgun yeah. with me along the way. It's so, it's so important. Just not, not only the personal people put around you, whether you have a coach or a mentor or friends and family, but also what you're reading. Like we, we firm, I, you and I firmly believe in that the organizations that we, that we are part of firmly believe in it. It's part of the, it's part of the mentorship program. I mean, right. <laughs> you literally you have to read you. If you right. want to be a mentor in that community, you have to, you have yep. to, you know, Absolutely. I think we, we, we're, we still devalue that, but it's a lot more accessible now, which is great. You reminded me of audible. You know, I have several on my Audible too. So I usually have three. I don't know about you. I have about three going at one time, like an Audible, a book, and then, you know. Um, yeah. The, then this season right now, I've, I've gotten just completely overwhelmed. And yeah. in fact, that's where I, I really need to, to revisit and just stop and read one thing. Um, 
and 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 really focus. Um, I have been I, I've been a little bit more more distracted with everything going on. Yeah. Um, and and some travel and and all the projects and stuff that I'm working on. Um, so I finished I finished a book right when we were at that retreat. Um, and I, I really haven't picked anything else up uh, since then. But that's that's what I'm looking at doing. Nice. I mean, it happens. Sometimes we do have to take a break, right? From reading. It can get a little yeah. overwhelmed. I've, there's such thing as putting too much personal development books in front of you at one time because then you get inundated because then we don't. And that's the other trap I think that can happen. Yeah. We don't implement. We just keep learning. Right. Right. So that's the other thing. There is a, there is a balance to that. So yep, I, I get, I get it. Um, yeah, man, dude, I really, I like th this is, I think a lot of knowledge and every time I say it just goes away from the script, you learn so much about people and their process and the way they look at things. And again, when you go back and listen to this, you can just, you can take one thing. I, I, I already, I take one thing from everybody. I write it down. I'll circle it. It's, I keep show notes right here. Uh, they don't necessarily make it into the notes of the podcast, but there's definitely quite a few things that, that I picked up from you. And, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you in, in, in my circle, right. That, that like that I'm, you were, you were at Operation Impact for a reason for me to connect to, right? That's, That's like awesome. what the universe like put in front of me, you know, God or whatever you believe in. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian man, but you know, whatever that was happened for a reason. So this could happen and then propel something else. Like this is like, this is the, that was the ripple that's turning into the wave that, you know, is eventually going to, man, I'm telling you, any veteran who's listens to this, who, who already knows the both of us or just knows you um, and you haven't heard, there's probably some stuff they haven't heard in here. Which I think is, you know, or if you're not a veteran, this isn't specific to veterans. So don't think it's specific, yeah. but yeah, man. So the one thing I have for you, um, actually I have two <laughs> is I have, Dave Berlin has three questions. He asked people because the, what do you do is bullshit, right? <laughs> that question sucks. Yeah. And so yeah. here's the three questions. And I think I heard you answer them before, but I want other people to know, Dave, what pisses you off? Yeah. Well, at first I, I have to give credit to one other incredible person who actually taught me these three questions. Okay. Oh, I didn't, I didn't uh, know the source. Let's... Yeah, man. And, and it's just been, it's just one of those serendipitous things, right? Where you, you go to a thing and you meet somebody. I spoke at an event last year. So 20, yeah, 2018 in May. And it was at a conference down in, uh, down in Florida. And I was invited to be a speaker and I'll be honest, it was a very challenging time for me. I was going through a lot of a lot of hardship, a lot of adversity, mm -hmm. and I really feel like it was the, the worst talk I've ever done. I just bombed it. It was like a nervous breakdown on stage. Um, but everything happens for a reason. The guy who went after me, and I even kind of cut into his time a little bit, so this yeah. is a, a public apology to the universe, uh, <laughs> was a guy named Mike Kim. And Mike Kim, uh, he's a copywriter. He's done great things. He, he was a marketing director for John Maxwell for a little while. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, huge on building brands and all that stuff and just hearing him speak, right. It, it was like, a he's really good friends with another author that was speaking there. Who's also good friends with John Acuff. So we're all connected in a weird way, but, but Mike, when he spoke, it was all about marketing and all about your message. And, uh, he's really big on influence and impact. Um, and what he taught me is, I guess, uh, you can use this term. He, he used it in one of his talks, but we're influence brokers, right? Mm. That's what I am. I'm an influence broker. So I, I take a collaboration of everybody else's great ideas and I broker them off to other people. Right. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said, um, that night we actually had a really cool conversation downstairs in the lounge. And I, you know, I said, Hey man, sorry, I cut a new time. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm really, really excited about everything that you talked about. And I'm like picking his brain for all this marketing stuff. And the guy who introduced us, he said, Hey Mike, he goes, Dave's actually going through a lot of the same stuff that you're going through. And it became a really candid conversation. And I think by the end of it, I was like crying, oh, um, but, but it got down to it. And, and yeah. it's one of those, like I wrote th this down on a napkin. He goes, remember this, you know, like, Hey, remember yeah. this. <laughs> it's really about three things. Right. And as long as you, as long as you say these things, um, you know, you always focus on these three questions, then everything else just happens and connects the way that it's supposed to. So that's where the three questions came from. Uh, so I always, I always give credit to Mike Kim, uh, yeah. because he's been a huge impact for the last year. Uh, I've done some, some direct stuff with him and, and, uh, now I'm going through his copywriting course and stuff like that, uh, Amazing. working on that, but that's where the, the three questions come, come from. So, Perfect. uh, you know, what pisses me off is when people make excuses. Mm. That's the, the most challenging thing. And, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, 
it comes from a place where we have so many of them. Yeah. Um, you know, society has really framed it up for, for us to always have a reason uh, for something. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember what it was. Uh, and they were like, yeah, man, I've got all these ideas, you know, for, for businesses. And I've even got funding and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow. And he, he said some excuse. I don't remember what it was. I was like, oh, that's a really good excuse. Use that one. And he was just like, what? And I was like, no, man, for real, if you're going to fight for it, then just yeah. go for it. So, so <laughs> for me, it really pisses me off when people, people make excuses um, to not move, to not move forward. Wow. Yeah. Man, I'm, and I, and I, I'll tell you, I've been, I've been guilty of that, right? It becomes the, I have too. becomes the, I, exc- I you're like, say, I'm yep. I'm, I'm so guilty. guilty. I'm like, you know, why aren't you building this like podcast? Why aren't you building this movement? Why aren't you doing this? Like, what do you, uh, my excuses yeah. is like, oh, I got to go walk the dog or something, you know? No, not really. But you know, it's just, it's just that one thing you're just like, oh, well, I got to eat a salad right now. You know, I'm dieting instead. Like something's, it's usually erroneous. Like it's just, it's like off the wall. Like what the, what, what, yeah. what excuse? Oh, I got a paper cut. You know, I, but I, I, I've, I've done that. I've watched the excuse when you look at the validation behind it. You're like, I mean, what gives you reason behind that? Although we did learn about the reason and excuse um, thing over that weekend. Man, I like that. So then question number two, what breaks your heart? Well, the great thing is, is I'm, I'm, I'm really getting into a lot of alignment with that because what breaks my heart is uh, very similar to that same thing that pisses me off. The mm-hmm. only difference is what breaks my heart is where, um, it's, it's a generational excuse mm. to where people have got hustled on the idea that they can't have anything until they have something else. You know, it, it, it breaks my heart that, that people, you know, they say, I, I, I want this, but I can't because, mm. and it's something that's now a generational thing that everybody just assumes that you can't do it if you don't have a degree, yeah. you can't do it if you don't have money, you can't do it if you have any of those things. And you know what? I mean, I, I can tell you, um, and I'm not afraid to, to tell people this, I don't have a degree, mm. right? I don't even have a high school diploma. I was a high school dropout, right? I don't have a degree. And then as far as the military service, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I even got in trouble towards the end. So yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I don't have a perfect background. Mm. Uh, I definitely don't have any of the things. I'm the black sheep in my family. I don't have any of the things that says, you know, I should go out and be a speaker or do any of that stuff. Um, I did it because, um, I was called that I knew there was, there was a a conversation that needed to be had and I've just been in fearless pursuit of that. But how many times do people, uh, you know, pass it up? I think, uh, I'll just quote Jen. Yeah. You know, how many people have really good ideas and then they get, they beat themselves down with all the excuses or all the reasons why they can't do it. Um, she says that great ideas are like a hub from the universe to tell you that you should do this. Yep. You're more than capable of it. Go do it. Um, and to me, it's like, you know, for, I can see where that would be scary, but man, if I, if I, you know, what happens, what happens for the people that, that also didn't have the degree or didn't have that stuff, we miss out on all those people, Dude. right? If they just said, oh, I didn't want to do it. Um, or I wasn't ready. What's so crazy is, is that we make the excuse before anybody even knows the idea comes to fruition, right? Like you're like, Oh, like for me, uh, this podcast was an idea two years ago. And I've said this in a couple of different episodes and I beat myself up before anybody even knew I wanted to do it. Like yeah. I, I was like, nobody's going to hear from me. Nobody wants to hear my voice or nobody wants to hear what I have to do or any, anything to say. And so you create this whole that like validation why you can't do it. I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And I am educated and I am all these things, you know, well, I don't assign that, that, that identity anymore. But, you know, when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, I totally am all these things, but it doesn't matter, you know? So we'll find something that'll be out there that'll just tug that string and nobody even knows what you're working on until you, you shine it. And if they don't believe in it, somebody else will, right? There's 7 right. million people on the face of this planet, you know, but we are always concerned about, you know, the perception from the other side, you know, before we even say anything. I like that, dude. That's, that's, that's awesome. The excuse that then you start assigning the reason to, right? You know, yep. Until, until I have this, until I make a million dollars, until, oh my God, I could go on with, on with that. I've done that. I've had that conversation. So last, you know, this is the third question. What problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, I, it's funny because I've been thinking about that and it, it's, it's interesting being on your podcast. And as I was thinking about preparing to, to talk to you and just think of it from that perspective of, stay in the fight. 
that's always been the problem that I'm trying to solve, right? Uh, and, and it started with, with veterans, but now it's crossed that, that chasm into, you know, anybody. And, and the goal is to really inspire people. You know, the, the, the problem I'm trying to solve is I'm trying to break that trend of people making excuses. I'm trying to, to break um, that prison, the, the prison that people put on themselves, mm. you know, by, by saying, I can't have it until this. And to me, it's all about inspiring people. Yeah. And to me, it's like, if I could do it, you know, you can do it too. I can't remember who said this, but um, look at, look at the history of anybody in your situation, right? Has anyone ever accomplished what you've trying to, you've tried to do, right? So has anyone ever been a speaker before? Has anyone ever wrote books before? Sure. There's a ton of them out there. And then has anyone ever done it with less resources than you? Nope. And if the answer is yes, then okay what's your, what's your next excuse? You know? Exactly. So to me, uh, my, my way of staying in the fight, my, the way that I try and solve that problem is just, uh, you know, putting a spotlight on, um, on the work that it takes. Right. And just showing people that, um, as long as you keep moving, um, you can, you can find other people along the way and we'll, 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 we'll connect. We'll come, you know, we'll mm. combine our resources and, and that's what builds the, the bigger network you know, for us to all get it done. So it could be veteran, it could be civilian, it, it, it doesn't matter. As long as we lock arms with the right people, um, that visibility is going to be what inspires other people to finally just say, you know what? Yeah. I don't have any more excuses. You know? <laughs> Either he said something or somebody he was talking about said something. Somebody said something that just, you know, that one sentence or that yeah. one epiphany can be enough to just make somebody say, that's it. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. That's it. That's what we're, what we're trying to do here, man. I think you, I think you have more than one sentence that's actually going to build upon that. Usually I ask somebody, Hey, hey give me that, give me that, that, uh, that, you know, one statement for that, but you nailed it. Like I don't even, I usually ask that question, but that came out of the three questions. <laughs> so it was perfect. Right. Those are perfect three questions, man. Like they are and, and, and credit to Mike Kim it's credit to, to you for introducing it to me. Um, which I think will be very useful in an adaptation here because I, I, like I, I, I've found myself asking people in that in the, in the network, you know, like you ask that and you found out so much more about them. They're like, Oh, this is what I'm passionate about. Like, yes, not, you know, Hey, I sell uh, insurance. Okay. That's great. So do 50 million other people, but we'll light you up about it. <gasps> oh, well, when, you know, when my home got crushed by a tornado or whatever else, that's why yeah. I mean, they dig so deep, dude, this has been like, uh, the last time we talked, which is just one-on-one, -on -one, like, this is just so much an extension of that. And I found so much, so much value here. And I'll tell you what, like, I am, I'm utterly grateful that one, you came on, um, two, that we've connected and three, that you're so willing to share your story and what you've gone through with so many other people, because it's truly like the way that you see things is, is truly inspirational. And, and that's what you said you're getting at. So I love it, man. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for having me on, man. This is awesome. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. We look forward to bringing you new content each and every week through our boots on the ground approach of real and relatable guests. But I'll tell you what, this show cannot carry on without your support. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Thanks everyone for listening. I want to remind you to stay in the fight.